What's up, guys? Welcome to episode three. Yes, sir. Uh, wow, we have stayed consistently uh, working on this. Uh, I know that's more consistent than my. Well, never mind. I better not talk about that. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to try to schedule things out and meet, and uh, the, especially when you start bringing a guest in, which means that today or this episode is our first. Uh, guest that we have ever had and uh, uh johnny nolton uh from P- pampa that's right that's uh, right he joined us this uh this afternoon and we had a great conversation and uh i'm stoked for everybody to hear it and stuff so uh before we get started uh i wanted to make sure that everybody's knows where they can find us uh we we post on soundcloud apple podcast google podcast spotify uh we have our facebook page uh, youth ministers uh, youth pastors or pastors too uh on facebook uh and then uh we have a youtube channel for updates and stuff but we're not plugging that one because we don't want you watching it we want you listening <laughs> true so. story true story well i mean t- listening listening is you know i listen in the car all the time and so it's just a matter of plug that podcast in, listen to us for, you know, an hour or so, and, uh, you know, hopefully be encouraged. And I don't want people to notice that I, I wear the same kind of shirt, just different colors. Uh, before we recorded earlier, Amanda was like, hey, I think you wore that shirt on your first episode. And I was like, no, that's not true. And I went back and sure enough, I was wearing the same shirt as the first episode. And I was like, oh, I got to change. <laughs> so... Well, and that's what I catch myself wearing the Austin FC jersey like all the time. And I'm like, wait, I wore that last time. I can't wear it, can't wear it again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's why we're plugging the podcast. Don't watch. The, I mean, if you want to, you want to see us talk, you want to see what we, uh, Johnny Knowlton looks like, then uh, you'll see him. Uh, I creeped on his Facebook page and he's a bit when he said he was a big dude, he was a big dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, the camera didn't do justice to the, no. the guy's size, I don't think. All right, today we are joined with Johnny Knowlton from Pampa, uh, North Texas area. Uh, uh, I don't want to give too much because he has, I, I, he has a pretty cool story about how he how he got into ministry. And uh, just before we started, they Jer- Jeremy and Johnny know the uh, same guy that. Uh, Jeremy was a youth minister to the guy's daughter, and apparently they are working together. So, uh, Johnny, if you introduce yourself and kind of tell us your backstory and your, what you're doing now, and uh, uh, just let us get to know you better. Cool. Yeah. So, again, man, um, I'm the next gen and families pastor up here at Calvary Baptist in, in Pampa, Texas. Um, my story is kind of one of those Jonah stories man I, I knew when I was 15 I was called to student ministry and I told God hey that's really funny uh I'm gonna be a rock star I'll be over here <laughs> and, and 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 people laugh about that but that's legit what I was consumed with I I thought Nashville was in our future um, in fact early on in our marriage my wife and I had to to look at that as as a possibility that that possible uh decision to move out there um, and God in his infinite wisdom, um, allowed me to run for 20 years, um, trying to figure wow. things out on my own. 
And one night we had moved out to a small East Texas town. My job had taken us out there and her folks had moved out there and she'd gone up to help out her dad with the student ministry up there. And, and she called me and she said, we need you to come up here. And I said, I, I don't want to come up there. I've been working in Dallas all day. I, you know, I made a two hour commute every day into Dallas from East mm -hmm. Texas. And uh, she said, no, you don't understand. We don't need you to teach. We need a bouncer. These kids are out of control. And um, God in his infinite wisdom knew that a i used to be a bouncer i used to do concert security um and b the fastest way to get me to do anything is make my wife feel uncomfortable and that's true so i ended up there um within a couple of weeks me and another guy that was there volunteering we kind of helped calm the students down they had two people that were kind of filling the roles of student pastor one was more the admin side and one was just straight teaching um so I became a bouncer again on uh, Wednesday nights. And then uh, about a month after that, I got asked if I would step in and help teach Sunday school. And then I got asked if I would help and step in and help on the youth team, uh, planning events. And yeah. then they that hook <laughs> on you. Then we ended up hiring um, a man who would go on to become my best friend and my mentor in student ministry. And he asked us to stay and, and help and, and be that bridge between his era and, and the, the one before. Um, and soon after that, our band graduated and he said, Hey, I heard you play guitar and can sing and lead worship. I said, yeah, yeah a little bit. And he goes, okay, great. You've been promoted. You're now the worship leader for the student ministry. Um, and then it was help fill in on Wednesdays when he had to step out. And so serving with the guy for just over four years, um, in that time, God groomed me and used him to do so um, on the student ministry side of things. And then also he put a worship pastor in place who, who kind of took me under his wing and was helping me develop in that. And then again, we talk about God and his sovereignty, and more importantly, I think his sense of humor. Um, both guys resigned within a week of each other. Oh, and the senior pastor said, um, well, you're going to do both roles. Um, he said, I I'd like for you to, to help lead the students moving forward and, and also fill in in the worship side of things in the interim. But I think we need to really talk about your calling. Mm. And of course, I said, like my phone plan? <laughs> and he said, uh, no, um, anybody who's been around you and seen you with those students knows that you have a calling in your life to student ministry. When are you going to stop running from it? So I had to have that very real sit down conversation with my wife, um, who was laughing. And, and I said, what, what, what are you laughing about? Our best friends have just told us that they're leaving. Um, and senior pastor wants to throw me in there and she said I knew when Michael and Christy told us that they were leaving that you were going to be the youth pastor and I said did, did you want to fill me in on this anytime soon <laughs> and um, so man I, I served at that church for uh, four years in the, the student director role 
Um, and in those four years, in and out of worship leader, I think I was the interim worship leader for like three different go arounds um, in that time. But we knew at, we were at winter camp, January 17, and God had just laid something on me in worship that day. And so I texted my wife in the middle of the worship service. I said, hey, when the kids break for, for free time, you and I need to go for a walk. And she said, okay. So she met me outside the cabin and she said, what's up? And I said, we need to talk. And she goes about me going into ministry full time. And I just kind of looked at her. I was like, what? And she goes, yeah. She goes, I can tell on your face that God was putting that on your heart. And I said, yeah. She goes, I just been waiting for you to tell me when. Wow. So uh, we knew that it was time. Um, and now here's kind of where the funny thing is. I was bivocational. I was working for a, a major insurance company. And I had been there for just under, just over 15 years at this time. Um, and the great thing was, you know, we knew that that was always our safety net. Um, so we came back from winter camp and I sat down with the pastor and chairman of the deacons and just told him, this is where we feel God is calling us to. Um, and at that time we were, we were going through a lot of transition. He, a uh, senior pastor had been there a little over a year. Um, we had had an interim, a terrific interim for the two years um prior to that Richard Taylor from the from the SBTC who is again a dear friend and dear mentor um and I sat down with the pastor and said this is where we're where we feel we're being called and he said that's great and we'll pray that it can happen here but we just don't have the numbers we don't have the funds to justify a full-time position and so we kind of took that with a grain of salt, but we could kind of see God's hand moving that the transition plan was in place. Um, fast forward a month, I get an email from my, my supervisor saying, you need to be on this call tomorrow afternoon at two 30. Okay. Me and, and a couple of the other guys that I worked with and we were all, working in rural territories for this insurance company phone call comes in you have until mid-march to make a decision are you going to stay with the company or are you going to be downsized in order to stay with the company you will have to reapply for your job and uh there's no telling where you will end up and so i talked to my wife and i said you know our, that safety net we were counting on is uh going away <laughs> It's funny how God works on that way. Oh, yeah. And and so the day comes where I'm supposed to make the decision, and we've been praying about it, and I'm just torn up over it. And she said, before you get on this call, she goes, I want you to think about this. We, we've both in agreement that you're being called to full-time ministry. Hmm. I had already resigned from my church that I was serving at that September, because we knew God was trying to move us into that. So she says, you really need to think about the situation. I really honestly feel like you are in that Peter role, standing on the edge of the boat. You've been saying, Lord, if it's you call me mm -hmm. and he's sitting there going, come on. Mm -hmm. She goes, so what are you going to do? Yeah. 
And, and I will say this, I think the majority of us who are in ministry, if we would learn to listen to our wives, we will understand that their spiritual gifting nine out of 10 times is discernment. Um, because I will tell you this in every major decision we've ever had to make. If my wife says, I just don't have a piece about it. It's going to go South. Yeah. And, and I've learned that the hard way. Um, and so we said, you know what, we're going to trust that God has something for us as a church for us. So I told my company, I would no longer stay with them. They, uh, they said, okay, in order to qualify for your severance package, you have to ride it out until July 31st. That's your, that's your kickoff date. If you stay that long, your severance package will kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that time, I had a couple of different offers from churches and we just couldn't get a piece about any of them. You know, for whatever reason, it just, it just, again, her, her discernment, my discernment. Yeah. Um, and, and that was hard because one of them was from a, a dear friend of mine. Like we've been friends for 20 years since college. He's a senior pastor at a church. He wanted me to come in and do a dual role, which I was fully equipped for and prepared for. Um, and I couldn't get a piece about it. And so the day I was supposed to call him and give him, and again, this is, you talk about God's sovereignty. He said, before you tell me anything, I want you to know that God prepared me in my quiet time this morning that you're going to tell me no. And I just, I was amazed. I was like, all right, well, thanks God. That's one less worry I have. Um, And we, we talked a little more and prayed a lot more. And in that time, we had already had one interview with our current church with Calvary, uh, Mm -hmm. just via Skype. And so July 31st comes, I get my severance package. I get a phone call the next week. We would like to fly you and your wife up for an interview. Wow. Okay, that's great. We are leaving for vacation tomorrow. <laughs> okay, no problem. We'll push it back. Um, so they pushed it back. We brought us up and, and we knew halfway through the interview, this is what we were supposed to be. No, that's awesome. Um, God just gave us that peace. Um, and, and what was cool was just, the interaction between us and the senior pastor, us and, and the search committee members, we could just tell. And so the interview was a Friday night. We were supposed to check out of the hotel at noon, go to Amarillo for our flight back. One of the search committee members said, Hey, can we meet for breakfast? And we were just like, okay, that really throws all our plans out the window. So we meet and, um, after breakfast is over, the senior pastor goes, well, not to tip our hand, but uh, we're going to have the music minister and his wife show you around town and let y'all look for houses. <laughs> wow. That's good stuff, so, man. That's good stuff. Um, but it's just amazing how God had in his sovereignty sets all this up. Um, I, I, I've always laughed that uh, my testimony was that of Jonah. Um and then again, God and his sense of humor, um, we became Abram and Sarai. Um, yeah. and, and going back to the whole transitioning thing, when we talked with our oldest son, he was eight at the time. Hmm. We explained to him that we were going to be leaving the church that we were serving at. And he said, well, where are we going to go? And I said, buddy, we don't know right now. We're just trusting God. And, 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 and eight-year-olds, you know, he said, 
well, if God says we got to go, we got to go like wow. Abram and Sarai. Mm. And I'm going, well, hold up. <laughs> and, and so my wife and I have always joked that Moses had his burning bush. Balaam had his donkey. We have DJ. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but and he moved us up here. And then the whole Abram and Sarai thing came full circle because after I turned 41, two months later, my wife said, uh, guess what? We're pregnant. So, <laughs> oh yeah. So again, God's sense of humor. I keep a platypus on my desk because it's, it's my favorite animal in the world because it is a reminder of God's sense of humor. Mm. Um, I have currently at the age of 43, I have an eight-year-old son, an 11-year-old son, both are about uh, seven, I'm sorry, seven, 11, both are about to turn eight and 12. Yeah. And we have a 16-month-old little girl. So. Wow. Wow. Um, Diapers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, my wife, I was like, well, she can just wear the boys' clothes. She was like, uh, no, she's a girl. <laughs> and so yeah. she does have her share of Astros stuff and Spurs stuff. And, and uh, she has a Metallica onesie she's running around with. But, uh, um, yeah, she's got the dresses. And, and she is all girls. She loves bows and sparklies and unicorns. And um, I was like, well, I'm, I'm sure we can find some, some pink Steelers stuff somewhere, some, some pink Spurs stuff, but uh, Steelers. Steelers. I, I think the connection's messing up right now. Hang on a second. <laughs> the, you can, that, that would be my old man's fault. When I was a kid, he used to make he used to make me watch uh, the old Cowboy Steelers Super Bowls. Yeah, and he was a diehard Cowboy. I mean, I'm not kidding. Kicked me out of the house for Super Bowl 30 when they played in the Super Bowl again. He made me go watch at a friend's house. But I always tell him it was his fault that I'm a Steelers fan because he showed me those defenses of the 70s, and um, I just fell in love with the team. No, that's we won't hold it against you. We won't hold yeah, it against you. We'll pray for you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you listen, you sort of hinted on it a little bit, but uh, uh, we've sort of been talking about what uh, what do you do and who do you turn to uh, when when there's kind of a crisis situation or or maybe you don't know what to do. Uh, just give you kind of a quick scenario, and and I'll tell you, it was Jacob's scenario. Um, you know, he was in the middle of D-Now, the D-Now that he had planned for, for months and months and months. And he got the call that his, his mother-in-law was about to pass away. And, you know, there was a brief moment where they could, you know, kind of all say their goodbyes and, and, and be there. And his wife was like, obviously going, but he's like, you know, do I stay at the church or, or do I, do I go? And so kind of in that idea, that mindset, you know, what, what do you do? How do you, as a youth pastor, you know, what do you how do you respond? Who do you call on? Do you call on anybody? You know? Absolutely. I mean, I've been very fortunate with the staff that I serve right now. I have a great relationship with my senior pastor um, yeah. and, and our associate pastor, and our music minister, the, the four of us really, not only are we, are we coworkers, are we, are we partners in ministry, but, but we're friends. And so we have that open type of relationship. I, I went through something similar um, a couple of years ago. My, my dad passed away um, in June of 19. Mm. And in the midst of that and me needing to go down to San Antonio to spend, you know, his last couple of weeks with him, this is children's camp, VBS youth camp. Um, and we are scheduling his On arrangements. Time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, we're scheduling his arrangements in between when I'm here. And so 
Um, that was really hard for me. Like I said, I, I, I have the, the leadership in place um, that I know, I, I hate to say this, but I know some guys just don't have, they don't have um, yeah. the relationship with their senior pastor or they don't have the, the comfort level they feel they can go to him with anything like that. Mm -hmm. So number one, I've been very blessed with that. But at the same time, you know, I, I mentioned my best friend, um, Michael Tolleson is his name. And, and, and he's, uh, you know, some people that, that, that watch this podcast may know the name, may know him. Um, he actually came up here. He and his wife came up here and spent some time with us right in the middle of our VBS actually came and just helped out, just served with the kids. I mean, yeah. you know, people are meeting him for the first time and they're seeing, man, this guy's got a gift for working with children, but he, um, he was there to, to pray for me, to, to be my sounding board, to, to let me lose my temper with, okay. um, you know, I feel bad because our children tend to bear the brunt. Our children, our spouses tend to bear the brunt of when things don't work out for us. Yeah. And in this, that, that situation, I'd been holding everything in all day and my boys just kind of were going nuts at a restaurant and I exploded mm. and he pulled me out and he said, let's, let's talk about this. Mm. And, uh, you know, I would tell you this, get friends who are in the ministry side of things because they can relate to what you go through. Mm -hmm. but who aren't too impressed by you or your title that they won't kick you in the butt when you need it. Yeah. Wow, that's, um, that's, and that's then on the same time, do, 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 they, those, do you recommend, um, do you recommend them, be, uh, you know, do you recommend a church member for that role or does it need to be somebody outside, outside your circle? I, I would say this. Um, it's nice to have the support within the body that you're serving. Mm-hmm. But for things like that, it always helps to have somebody who's removed. Mm -hmm. um, I think more than anything else, it's just that that level of trust. Um, you know, my kids, my, my closest friends, my boys call them uncle and aunt for a reason. That level of trust is there. I can leave my kids with them in, a sense, in, a, in, a, in an emergency situation. Um, and so I know that anything that I share in a moment of anger, in a moment of pain, um, in a moment of grief will be looked at through empathetic eyes mm. and with the understanding that this is my brother who just needs this and it needs to stay right here. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, like I said, I have, I have two men in my life that I go to with every kind of prayer situation. Um, one is in ministry, one is a layman, but he's, he serves, he leads FCA in his community. Um, and I've had the, the, the honor of having him come up and teach my students for D-Nows, for, for special events, even small groups at camp. And um, those two guys I go to with everything. Um, you know, I think Wayne Cordiero said it in his best, uh, his book, Leading on Empty, you have to have a lightning rod. Um, and the thing is, it can't be your wife because yeah, part of what we do in ministry, especially in the situation where they serve with us is we have to protect them. Yeah. And so um, I would tell you this, you know, 
like to answer your question, get somebody outside of your church. Um, it's nice to have that, that local support, the, the guys that you can go to. I mean, we've been so blessed by the church that we serve at here. They've just been tremendous support, especially when everything happened with my dad, Mm -hmm. you know, to walk in and find an envelope on my desk full of money just to pay for gas back and forth from San Antonio to here. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But in those moments of rawness, in those moments of hurt, let's face it, we're men. There's going to be times where we, we need to say something that nobody else needs to hear um and you can have those guys there that distance that separation to to allow you that um without fear of of repercussion without fear of um getting back and and it's not even you know that you're saying anything against somebody locally but we never want to give off the impression that we can't handle that. Part of that's our pride. Part of that's men. But but I always tell everybody, you know, my bad day stops at my office door. My students, their parents, they do I need to be real with them? Yes. But do they need to see me in those moments of weakness? No. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's that's good. I I think you hit the nail on the head, and that's that's you know recognizing you know you you said all these things, but recognizing that God's sovereign, He's control of everything, and and uh, and having that outside person that you can turn to or people that you can turn to and i love that protecting your wife that's good stuff man i was going to add that you know my my, my father passed away in 17 mm-hmm. uh, and when you said we take the we can't take the the the, the brunt of the mourning process and the, the the that time against our wives or whatever and at the time i was dating my my wife now and I, I, I'm a victim of that. And I, uh, there was one point where she, she left. I even texted Jeremy. I said, dude, I think we just broke up. And it was, it's that, it's that mentality as a, as a pastor, a youth pastor that we, we can handle, we have to keep these things inside and that we, we uh, can't let the church or the, the members know that, Hey, we are, we're fighting these battles. And the, the process of my dad dying the way he did uh it haunted me for months it was probably uh until i finally said hey i need help and when i went and got help it was six seven months of just it I wasn't me and uh and people noticed that and that was me being prideful of not being like hey i just I need to stop and take care of myself. And my wife is took the the brunt of that. My my friends took the brunt of that because I shut them out. And uh, it's a, when you said when you said that, I was like, man, that's that's like a deep thing that we have to remember as pastors. We are still people. We're not superheroes. Uh, we still we still need those people to uh, to reach out to and. Uh, and that's something I learned then. And that's why when we went through the process of this, this, this thing with Amanda's mom, uh, I mean, Jeremy was my first call. I was like, look, this is what's happening. Uh, and he's the one who said, Hey, you might need to go to Georgetown. Like, uh, and obviously I had made the process of saying, Hey, yeah, I need to do that anyways. But he was just like the second hand of like, how do I handle this? Cause it was a lot and everything happened so fast with Amanda's mom. I just didn't know. Like it just, 
a calming head outside the situation was there to talk to me. Uh, and obviously it was during D now, and we had uh, Keith there. He also said the same thing. So uh, as a team, they told me, Hey, you need to, you need to take care of your wife. This, this will be, and God knew this was going to happen. And he had the team in place to take care of when I did leave. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it worked out that way. But man, when you said uh, we can't take our, like take it out on our wives, man, that, that really hit home. Cause I, I did, I was not, I, I wasn't, I was, I was angry because of my, my dad died from cancer and uh, pancreatic cancer. And that is the, the worst thing you can watch someone basically shrivel up and go on, like yeah. pass on. And uh, I took it out on her and uh, as like pastors, we just can't do that. Or as people, we can't do that. So, well, yeah, 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 definitely. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to plug the guy's book. It's just one that made a big impact on me, but you know, in, in that, in that same book I mentioned leading on empty, that Wayne Cordero book, you know, he, he has a line in there. He says, if your ministry at home fails, you have no ministry at church. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that from the moment I sat through that session that we went through on that training over that book, it spoke to me because I was guilty of that. Like, you know, I'm one of those guys that I will either just bury myself in work, Mm -hmm. um, and then either push my wife away or like I said, somebody's going to end up bearing the brunt of it. And, and nine out of 10 times, because they're the closest person in our lives, it's, it's our spouses or, you know, God forbid our children. And um, yeah, so that's been uh, just something that, that stuck with me throughout this journey that, um, you know, that, that lightning rod is, is so vital to the longevity that we have as ministers to the, uh, I mean, to our own sanity, really. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, you've got to have that that one person in your life that can can be there um, and, and, can, and can handle whatever you throw at them as far as just sheer emotion. Mm-hmm. You, know, that, you know, I mentioned there's two men. The other guy's name is Felix Cervantes. And, and the way that he and I got to know each other is he got to witness that anger firsthand. And he, I, I, I stormed out of a worship session at camp because it was our, my wedding anniversary. My wife was not there. Um, we were in the, and we had gotten into a fight on the phone right at the start of this worship session. And I stormed out of the building and I kicked the door open and, and I'm, I'm six, three, two fifty five, two sixty. That's a scary. And I played, and I played soccer for 20 years. So I hit this door with a full force. um, And it missed another volunteer's nose by that much. Dude fell over backwards. And I just looked at him and I just mumbled, sorry, and kept on. And the, the, the camp director saw that. And, and I think he grabbed Felix because he was the only other guy there that was my size. Um, <laughs> and it was just like, you need to come with me. Uh, yeah. I'm, 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 bringing, I'm bringing this big dude with me who was tatted up and maybe he'll put some fear into this man. <laughs> and, and they just sat with me and through their two lifelong friendships and, and just were, were bonded. And 
I think God was, was showing me in that time, like, this is a man I'm placing in your life who is going to be that for you. Yeah. You are going to be able to rely on him for everything. And he's that guy that will just randomly text you out of the blue on a Wednesday afternoon. Hey man, praying for you tonight, deliver the word and do it boldly. Um, Just, you know, and, and I mean, my kids call him uncle Fifi, Uh, (laughs) you know, he is, he and and his wife and, and his son are just our family to us now. And, and it, it's all again, just he's maybe not from the ministry side of things, but he understands the, the need. And, and it's just, you know, he's, he's that guy that, you know, one of his giftings is just empathy. Yeah. yeah. And, and he can sit there and, he's my size and so it kind of looks like two big pillows coming together to form one (laughs) giant pillow when we hug but uh you know just that guy that that no matter what he he will be there for you and 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 i said that i think that's something that every whether it's ministry or just any position of leadership you have to have yeah um but especially with ministry going back to protecting our wives we want them to love the church in the same way that we do mm-hmm. in the same way that we're called to. Yeah. And that requires protecting them. A lot of times they don't need yeah. to know all the gory details of, of how this deacon jumped your butt over something stupid, or this parent called and complained to their friend who is on the elder board of the church. And, and now you're having to answer for something that you didn't think amounted to much of anything. And so, um, you know, we, we protect them from that. And so we have those guys again, you know, being in ministry is a, is an added plus, but I still think, you know, having those guys who are, are separated enough, who are believers, who are grounded in that, but aren't impressed by what you do, you know, aren't impressed by, by a title that you carry in the church. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's good. I, uh, Jeremy's my person, uh, Keith, uh, and we'll have him on later on. And uh, he was, he's from New Mexico. So he was like, can we get a New Mexican come on? And we're like, yeah, but <laughs> Keith, Keith was good. He was real good uh, last weekend uh, during the whole situation. And, uh, and when I was thinking about this, like we, there's, I, I think it all depends on the situation we're in. Like obviously the the passing of our like your father and my father mother in law there's certain people you go to and then there's like situational things like uh, how do I deal with this situation in youth like in your ministry uh, and I always give I don't know if you ever heard a a, a Brian Hall uh, he's he's at uh, what's that church in Austin uh, Mensch. Manchester no, Baptist Church? No. Uh, Woodlawn Baptist Church. Woodlawn. Woodlawn. He's at Woodlawn. Ryan's been there for Austin. about 35 years. He's a guy that I, if I have a, really? youth, like a ministry question or situation, I remember this one situation I had where uh, this girl, I, I follow all the students on uh, Snapchat uh, back then. I don't do Snapchat now, but uh, just to kind of monitor what they do. And uh, th- this is where I learned, mm, probably not do that right. But I guess like, she had posted this picture. I was like, Oh no, I, I, I can't see that. Uh, and I called Brian. I was like, Brian, what do I do? He's like, one, delete the app. You don't need to be monitoring students anyways. 
And then he just kind of walked through it. And I was like, you know what, Brian, you're a good dude. And so I think turning to somebody for a situational thing too yeah. is good to have. Well, and that, that's the one thing I love about what you're doing with this podcast is, is, is networking is huge, especially in, in what we do. Um, I've been very fortunate. Like I said, I mentioned um, when I was sharing my story a little bit about my, my buddy that's up here and, and the, we met at a camp and really how our friendship started was we grew from acquaintances to again, being that for one another where, you know, we weren't like, you know, he's, he's not in that circle of, of where Michael or Felix is, but um, he called me, he goes, Hey man, I'm going through something right now. And a mutual friend of ours gave me your name. So you'd be, you'd just be a good person to listen to and a good, a good person to have listened to me and, and just that you might be able to, to just give some advice or if anything, just a shoulder and an ear. I said, okay, I, God gave me big shoulders and big ears for a reason. So <laughs> let's go. And, and from there it grew. So then when God fast forward five years later, six years later, when God puts us serving in the same town of 18,000 people, you know, now we have that where we can bounce things off one another. And it's little things like, I mean, like he, he, there's a group of us that meet up here for, for coffee and, and we've done some retreats together and some big things together, but like Hilton out of Texas morning, Hey man, praying for you guys. Uh, hope everything goes well tonight. And, and, and it's nice to have that where we know, like, we're not poaching students from one another. If one of his kids comes over here to my church for an event, I say, Hey man, I'm glad you're here, but next Wednesday, I need to see you back over there, serve where you're planted, you know? And, and so, but to have those guys and, and like I said, camps are huge for that. You know, so many of the guys that I go to for these professional help, these situational uh, advice are guys that I've met and done camp with for years, you know, and there's, there's, uh, you guys are down in the Austin area. So, um, Matt Downing out at uh, FBC Pflugerville. Yeah. yeah. Uh, love Matt to death. And, and he's a guy that I'll bounce stuff off of. Uh, some of the guys up in the Dallas Metroplex, um, you know, just guys that, that God has blessed my life and my ministry with. Because, again, because I came into the game so late um, and, you know, all my formal training I mean, I don't know if I should be saying this out loud or not, but yeah, I mean, my, my schooling is Old Testament and New Testament because they were required at Hardin Simmons, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and we and I'm proof that C's get degrees. So, <laughs> um, but they it's good. But he's put me in situations where I have some tremendous trees to sit under and learn from. And and so I have the, that circle of guys for the situational stuff. Yeah. And. And man, I've been, I've been so blessed with, uh, you know, with guys who have been doing this, who are, who are roughly the same age I am, but have been doing this, you know, never ran from their calling and been doing it since they were 18, um, that have written books and, and probably have forgotten more than I'll ever learn about student ministry. And, and he's blessed my life with being able to develop friendships with them. And, and so I can go to them with like, Hey, you know, in, in your time at this mega church, did you ever have one of these come up? And he's like, yeah, like 25 times. Okay, great. <laughs> Help a brother out. So, yeah. Um, yeah so it, it's great to have, like you said, that, that personal connection, that, that inner circle. Yeah. You know, I always, I always 
you know, joke that, that Jesus set up the perfect model for ministry. He had his 12 and then he had his three, right? And those three, you know, that number was select for a reason. It, it, it's, it's those guys that you let in that, that you are transparent with that are there with you for everything. And then you have the other guys that you're close with that you do life with, but you know, are they going to be the guys that you go to in a situation where, you know, like you went through or like I went through? No, probably not. Guys that you can, you can bounce ideas off of, get some prayer from, um, you know, turn to in situations like that. But, but having that close inner circle, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, that inner circle needs to be small for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's the, the purpose of why we like. I, let, me, let me pause. Let me pause you real quick. Let me pause you real quick. Give me one sec, okay? Headphones out. Give me one sec. That's why I'm glad I have an office at the church. Uh, yeah, his kids. I think we were doing last week, uh, the last week's podcast, and uh, we had to cut it twice because his kids were just coming. Because, uh, um. You, you you don't you've been married what a year now uh september okay so yeah we have 20 years coming up in july and um uh, we did you know we waited for a while like i said my oldest son's about to turn 12 um we we got life out of the way <laughs> and all the yeah. things that we wanted to do um you know and and then had kids and and it's i mean each one is a blessing but each one brings their own uh well just like people do their own baggage you know their own issues and we've got we've got that that one where he is single-minded focus on whatever he wants to do at that time and so you can put a you can put a barricade across the door you can put a sign over the window that says don't come in here i'm busy i'm doing something yeah. he's gonna walk in holding your sign going hey i need to talk to you for a minute <laughs> Yeah, I have an office too, but we we have we have our second wedding this weekend, so my yeah. wife is doing like crazy cleaning, and so I was like, oh. I get I I work uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, right, and then I have Wednesdays and Sundays off, so I Wednesdays are usually my office time, and then so she was like, you need to do this, and I'm like, but I got to do this at this time. And yeah. so I, I just kind of set up in the living room. So uh, yeah, that's ours. We we homeschool our kids. And so like I'm that phone call, like she'll call me and go, I'm calling your dad right now. And that's like the principal coming in. And so that's why I'm I'm so grateful. Like even when I worked in corporate America, I worked from home, but I officed out of my van. I would park in the driveway and stay in my van and not work inside the house because <laughs> Nobody else needs to hear my kids being my kids. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. I apologize. Okay. Perfect, perfect, was, perfect storm. Hey, I was, I was telling him I got, I got three at home, you know, 16 months, seven and 11 and they're, they're homeschooled. So when I'm in the door, it, it's it, regardless of what's going on, daddy's home. And so, yeah, yeah, no, I got you. No doubt. So Jacob, uh, if you'll, you'll kick off right. And I loved your illustration. I mean, Jesus set the perfect model up for us 
and uh, you know, it's three, you know, the two. And anyways, uh, yeah, that's good stuff. Jacob, you want to kick us back off, and then we'll cut it right here. Okay, so that I think that's the the purpose of why I was like, man, we got to do a podcast on uh, the 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 community of youth ministry or just ministry in general is that I think, and I think we said it on our first episode, if you need someone to yell at, just yell at us. We, we're not going <laughs> to hold that against you, but don't be right. yelling at your, your senior pastor, or a church member, or, uh, things like that. And I, uh, and or I, a deacon or, a deacon. or the deacon or <laughs> anybody, the elder, the elder, your wife. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There you uh, go. Because I think we're we're in this game to we say game, but you know we're in this ministry together, and and we have to work together. And just like you have guys that you've met at just at camp, and that you you go to for certain situations, uh, we're hoping this podcast makes that situation Absolutely. to where we can. Um, hey, I heard this guy on on the podcast, and he has big ears and big shoulders. I need something like that, like. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, yeah, or I need a big guy that can, if I need to punch something, he can hold, like, <laughs> hold me down, like, you know, and that, I think it's great that, uh, that you're, you, you, you're, you have the example of, like, just these people you met, and uh, we're just sitting on our couch or living room or a kitchen recording a podcast, but we, we still are that that still can be that ministry to yeah. if they, someone needs it. So, and absolutely, I love, I love the name, you know, youth pastors are pastors too, but what I think people don't understand is like ministers need ministering too. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and, and it's, so just to be able to provide uh, another resource for that is was something like, so when you, when you guys first put it out there, this is what we're doing. That's, you know, I, I jumped on it because I was like, man, that's, that's something that I've been very blessed with in my life but I know there are people that are struggling um, who feel like they're on an Island, who feel isolated. They can't go to their staff. They can't go to the senior pastors. They don't really have anybody as far as that, that mentor tree um, to turn to. And so again, kudos to what you guys are doing. It's, I'm, I'm grateful for it and just pray huge blessings over this for you. Thank you. Thank you. And we, I, I don't know. Are you just something else? I was going to, well, I was just going to say that, we don't want people to be on an island. We uh, just last week I saw on Facebook a, a youth minister took his life, and we and I and I, that's why I I we we've been talking about this podcast for years, and we're like we we're gonna do it. We're gonna finally, and then for the I think it's like the third pastor I've seen in the less than a year that taking the, their own life. It's like, man, we have, this is our time to, to start this. And we have to, because we might not change someone's mind, but that Avenue for someone to hear something that they might just need to hear is here. And that's, and that's the whole purpose of it is that we don't want pastors because we know that that Island can come fast. You can get stuck on that Island real fast. And, uh, as a personal experience, like I've been on that Island where, where do I go? How do I get off this Island? Uh, or who could join me on the side? Like, uh, you know, like. Definitely, so. definitely pulling, pulling people with you. Uh, yeah. 
circle of negativity or whatever you want. I mean, we don't get time for all that, but I mean, just, yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I think for years, you know, mental health issues now that, now that they're kind of coming to the forefront of so much, we have the freedom, you know, and I mean, for me, and I'll, I'll throw this out there. It's nothing I've ever hidden from my students, but I struggle with depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in college, I went through a very, very nasty depression that, that nearly cost me everything. Um, and I was very blessed at that time. Again, my life verses Romans eight eighteen, and partnered with eight twenty eight. It says, for I tell you, our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us partnered with all things work for the good of those who love God and are called to his purposes. And I've always been able to take that in the light of my depression and go, okay, man, what am I going through right now? This is temporary, right? Mm-hmm. God's got something for me. And that's where I learned. I, I, and, and, and I'll admit it. I unashamedly reach out and network. I mean, if we're at uh, if we're at a big event, you know, we, we just came back from Empower last month and, and my staff always laughed. So like, is there anybody you don't know? And I was like, well, it's just being able to just go up and say, hey, man, I heard you speak at this or I read this in your book and I appreciate it. It spoke to me. And just being able to to say thank you and make that connection so that the next time you see them, you shake that hand and it becomes a little more familiar. But you also have that opportunity to reach out and and hey, in your book, you talked about this. Can you give me a little more insight on how you handle that situation? And I, I will tell you, especially coming from a place of, of struggling with depression, struggling with feeling alone, God showed me so much through that time, especially with the men that he had reach out to me and speak into my life, um, that he put us as a body of believers. And I mean, and he used that, analogy all throughout scripture each one of us brings something different that makes us all work together um you know my eye and my hand have to work together they're they may not be related and and in my case because i'm so freakishly disproportioned (laughs) they're about four feet apart but they work together and so if i have an opportunity to meet somebody that that can help me but more importantly, I feel that might be able that I can help. Um, then, by all means, reach out. You know, um, it, it's it's one of those things that that we've got to. We're going to make more of an impact on this world. We're going to do more for the kingdom. If we realize that we don't have to fight it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, Satan knows the outcome. He's read the book. Mm-hmm. He knows he loses. So right now his plan is to turn as many Christians into kamikazes as possible. Yeah. All right. Use them to take down others, to take down the name of Jesus. And, and so the more that we're able to build one another up, the more that we're able to tag team and the more that we're able to help one another, the better off that this world is going to be. Um, you know, I always tell everybody God doesn't need us, but he gave us the opportunity for it to be used by him. We need to make the most of it. So. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, man, I, I don't think we could have had a first guest that knocked it out of the park like you did, Johnny. Thank yeah, you so it. much for, uh, 
A, for reaching out and, uh, and B, just taking the time to, uh, to share with us uh, your story and, and uh, man, so yeah. many, so many wisdoms of nuggets there. I, um, can we share your contact info with, uh, on, on the, yeah. Do you um, want to, sh- do you want to share your, uh, no, I mean, right especially, now, so. yeah, it was, I mean, especially on Facebook with that Texas Heat Pastors page, man, that is, that's huge. Um, uh, special shout out to Sam powers for putting that together. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, you can, you can reach me, uh, on Facebook, Johnny J O H N N Y Knowlton K N O W L T O N same thing on Instagram. Um, I'm not much of a big social media guy. Like if, yeah. if you don't like pictures of, of fishing or of my kids or my wife, um, or things I cook, I probably stay away from my Instagram, but you can reach out to me that way. Uh, but you can, you can email me too, man. It's all lowercase, all one word, J O H N N Y K N O W L T O N at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, man, just thank you guys so much for what you're doing with this. Um, it, it was something that spoke straight to me when I saw you guys put it out there because I've been there. I've needed that help and God has been faithful in providing that. And so I want to pay it forward. Um, God bless you and this ministry, because that's what it is that you're doing. Awesome. Well, so. thank you. Uh, before we wrap this up, we have, we all, we're going to ask these two questions every time. Right. Uh, what is the craziest story you've, you've been part of or you've seen in ministry and then the second one would be what's the last song you've listened to on purpose so without destroying any and all credibility um, (laughs) that's usually how the stories go well because again i always tell everybody there's a big portion of my life where i was running from my calling to student ministry and that started in high school so there's a lot of stuff I, I probably can't share. And, and, yeah. and I have friends gr- who I grew up with that are probably grateful I won't. Um, but the funniest one, and, and I can tell this because this young lady is near and dear to me and my wife. Um, she sends us happy Mother's Day and Father's Day stuff every year. I had the, the, the honor of officiating her wedding back in August. Mm-hmm. So we had had a wrap up of she was on my student leadership team. We had done a big outreach event that night, uh, back to school bash. We had inflatables. We had a huge, like three story inflatable water slide and we had bounce houses and we get done wrapping everything up and we have got them cinched down, tied up back in the bags, ready to load into the trailer. And she goes, guys, I can't find my phone. And I go, okay, Hallie, we've, we we searched for an hour looking for the phone and i go call your said i'm going to call your phone i want each of you to lay down on one of these inflatables sure enough somebody's laying down on the one that we had just cinched up and we can hear (laughs) from the middle of the bounce house that we had just wrapped up and got (laughs) shut down um and so we had to dig that, dig that out. And that just shows, but, but the great thing about that was in that extra time that we spent together, she was on my leadership team, but she had a friend there that, that was kind of new and visiting mm-hmm. and automatic bond right there. So even those crazy situations, God's giving you an opportunity and a door to open. 
That's funny. Um, Amen. Amen. Man, the second question, the last song that I intentionally, intentionally listened to, and this is going to go back to my my uh, my redneck roots. Um, I was on vacation. Well, I was doing a wedding or a funeral last week back in East Texas, but I had a chance to get some fishing time in and headed out to the pond. I intentionally listened to um, uh, Red Dirt Road uh, by Josh Abbott oh, yeah. and, uh, and and Wade Bowen. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Josh Abbott and uh, Randy Rogers, I think. Anyways, everything I ever learned was at the end of a dirt road. Yeah. That is my go-to song when I'm going hunting with my son or taking my boys fishing. And so the the actual last intentionally put on for a purpose of fixing my mood. You know, I, I'm sorry it can't be deep theological. No, uh, no. Other other than the philosophy of all the good things in life are found at the end of a dirt road. Yeah. Cool. so well we appreciate you jumping on being our first guest and uh yes we uh, do i, I, I appreciate the, the words the encouraging words of uh, uh starting this because it's it's hard to i mean we're only on third episode so it's like man are we really making a difference and stuff so uh, <laughs> again thank you yes. uh, bless your ministry up there in north texas i know it's cold and uh windy and flat <laughs> It's actually snowing outside right now. Oh, it's 80 what? degrees down here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. hard to believe we're in the same state. It's yeah. actually snowing right now. <laughs> uh, and we have some severe thunderstorms coming this afternoon. So, uh, hey, let's, I, I'm going to add you on my Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, so, we can absolutely. Contact and, absolutely. Uh, we'll definitely have you back uh, again. Oh, yeah. I have a oh, different. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate it, guys. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. God bless you. Well, that was that was cool. I mean, uh, our first guest, uh, Johnny Knowlton, really brought it this week, and that, uh, and you couldn't have a better guest on for your first first ever. So, uh, I, everything's a learning curve. Having a guest on the, the technology behind everything, it was. I mean, I, it was. It couldn't go any better, and it was yeah. exciting. He. I mean, I think we we kind of have the same. I would say the same journey to ministry because I did. Uh, I, I mean, I went to ministry after I, I, I finished school, but then I left and went to the the, the welding world mm -hmm. and uh, ran from that just like he did. Not as long, but uh, finally made my way back and in, into ministry. And uh, it's, it's cool to hear that I wasn't the only one. Uh, and I mean, he just has a cool story. And yeah, uh, it's super, super insightful on the topic that we had this week. So yeah. It was cool. Uh, yeah. Wait the, the next, next. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I mean, go. What are you gonna say? Okay, wait till the next. What? I can't wait till the next guest we have, and uh, that's undecided. So, uh, and a topic's undecided. But you know, it, it's the. And we talked about this towards the end. Is the the community between uh, not just youth ministers, but minute people in ministry all together? And it, it, I mean, it was is exactly what I was thinking and how it would go. And it worked out perfect. Yeah. I mean, if, if anything, uh, you know, he really encouraged us too, uh, oh, yeah. as we keep pressing on, as we keep trying to figure out and just keep trying to work our schedules and, and, you know, and to keep ministering, uh, to pastors. Uh, I just got off the phone with somebody a while ago and, and I, and I said to them, I said, you know, I think one of, 
my pastor's heart, you know, gifts is to pastor to pastors. And I said, and yeah. I said, I said what we said earlier, you know, if you want to call and yell at me, call and yell at me. And he was like, okay, man. And he's an older pastor. He's been in the ministry for years, but it doesn't matter. We still need somebody to lean into. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, Johnny, thank you uh, for joining us and yeah. uh, bearing with us as we figured things out. And uh, I mean, it, I mean, I can't believe it's snowing where he's at. So it, if I, I look out my window and the skies are black, ready to like, like thunderstorms and stuff. And he said it's snowing and it's 80 degrees <laughs> out here. So, and we're in the not. same state. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think this, this week, uh, well, let me just say this first. If you are struggling with something or you need someone to yell at, or you have, or you want to be on the show or just need someone to, to reach out to the talk, network uh, yeah uh youth pastors or pastors too at gmail.com and don't don't be afraid to uh reach out to us i mean uh you can yell at us or you can um ask questions about what uh, a certain situation or and if we don't know the answers we'll go find it uh, <laughs> that's right uh, everything's anonymous so if you just need to vent about your preacher or uh, the deacon head deacon at your church and uh we're not going to go back and call them and say hey hey this is what your guy said about you so uh but we just want to be there for you just like we talked about uh we want to be that source to help through the ministry uh no matter what ministry you're doing whether it's lights or sound or uh, youth ministry or uh, college ministry or children's ministry any of that so uh so yeah uh did you have anything to add before we wrap this up? No, I, you know, well, I mean, if I was to say one more thing, can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was, <laughs> this is our podcast, isn't it? Yeah, it's yours. Ours, not yours. But. It's not mine. It's, it's all ours. It's ours. <laughs> yeah. If I were to say one more thing, I would only say that the sooner you learn that you do need that somebody, yeah, the better. Yeah. And the sooner you learn that yes this church member while they're awesome you you can't tell them and say the same things that you might be able to say to that person that's outside that circle yeah, okay? yeah. the sooner you learn it the better yeah so. so cool well uh i think we talked about this earlier uh we we asked johnny his two questions his two questions yeah and we were going to do the same thing but i I think if we, you and I were to give the, uh, the crazy stories of ministry, we would eventually run out of stories. Yeah, it's probably true. So from now, I think from the, now on, we're just going to give us, give you the, the last song that we've listened to. Uh, so, and we're going to, we're going to hear the guests, crazy stories. Yes. We're going to hear the guest stories, <laughs> but not ours. Cause we don't want to you know run out of content because we're in it for the long haul, not for, you know, the next two weeks. Not just episode 10. We want to go to like yeah. 57 and more. Yeah, 100 <laughs> plus, you know. Uh, we want that crime junkie status. There you go. So, uh, well, then, so, then Jacob, what, what song did you intentionally look up this week? Uh, well, last night we're, we were planning we're planning for our wedding this Saturday, uh, wedding 2.0. And things because of things with Amanda's mom we were going to change how me and my mom walked in 
And so I, I, I probably listened to 30 different songs for my, me and my mom to walk into. Yeah. Uh, but it was decided that <clears throat> we're just going to stick to the same song. And that was, uh, you should be here by who is that guy? Man, I just, uh, uh, Cole Swindell. You should be here. Cole Swindell. Yes. So, that's a good uh, one. Uh, we, we're not playing the video like we did uh, in September, but uh, still playing the song. So, what was the last song you listened to? The last song that I intentionally looked up. Intentionally. Listened. Intentionally looked up was uh, Shane and Shane, Psalm 34. And, and you know, if you didn't know, Jacob is a Shane and Shane junkie. And um, it's, true. it's true. So, Shane and Shane, if you somehow hear this, we would love to have you on and maybe go out to Whataburger. Definitely. We'll, we'll buy, I'll even, we'll I, buy the burgers. I'll pay for it. There you go. So, so I, I, uh, you know, just in some conversations that came up between Jacob and I, obviously off the show, I was like, man, I want to listen to that song. And I played it uh, and just list, filled up the room with the song and just, you know, what they've done is they've taken that song, they've put it to music and they sing it and it's just scripture, you know, yeah, God is speaking it through that song, and it is amazing. It's beautiful too. So, oh yeah, it, I I probably listen. They have the Psalms Live album. Yeah, uh, I probably listen to that thing at least eight times in uh, in a week. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So, yeah. So, well, do you want to do this again next week? Oh yeah. All right, let's do it. Oh, yeah.